On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael. All right, now that we got the holidays out of the way, what a better way to spend a Friday night but talk about the upcoming Atlanta Kiss Expo later this month. This will mark, for me, the first big event of the new year and my first ever Kiss Expo. Super excited about that. And what better person to have with me tonight and talk about it since Hollywood is out spending a little bit of family time than Mr. Julian Gill. Hey, Steve, thanks a lot for having me on to talk about this topic because you know what? I'm so excited that it's going to be another expo and you're going to be there and a lot of other people are going to be there. So, you know, we're just a few weeks out now. My anticipation is rising. Absolutely. I mean, this is the first big event of the year and it's going to be a blast. It's great for us because we don't have to really travel too far. It's right in our own backyard. So that worked out uh, really good for the growing up rock folks. Well, I'm really happy for you that it's going to be a roll out of bed moment for you. I'm obviously going to be flying in from San Francisco via United. I'm guaranteed to get my beating for free on that flight. Uh, I, you know, going back a year ago, was the Peter Chris Expo in Los Angeles and to be doing another expo just a year later with another amazing guest. It, you know, who, who would have thought all of this stuff would be happening in the music community? Yeah, nobody would have ever guessed any Vincent, not those that are in the KISS community. I don't think anybody ever really saw this coming. So it's quite an exciting time to be a KISS fan and a Vinnie Vincent fan. Yeah, I'm amazed that they were able to pull this off. I mean, obviously, it still has to happen, but uh, I feel pretty good about it. I think for sure it's going to happen. And uh, it's going to be like a little bit of a mini rock and pod expo reunion because there's going to be a lot of folks. Of course, you'll be there and Podcast Rock City and the Decibel Geek folks and Growing Up Rock. And uh, uh, there's just going to be a ton of folks uh, there that were at the Rock and Pod Expo. So it'll be a little bit of a mini reunion, which is very cool. You know, when we all got together in August in Nashville for the Rock and Pod Expo put together by Chris and the Decibel Geek guys and, of course, uh, BJ. You know, it was so great to meet all of you in person, if even for a fleeting moment, you know, getting to hang with Joe Polo. Awesome guy. Just fun. I want to have a little bit more time with Joe because I think I can have a really good conversation with that cat. But, you know, so many people. And and that's what this whole Atlanta Expo is for me. It's going to be getting together with people who I've seen in Nashville or seen in New York City at the Peter Chris thing or haven't met yet. I think that's the key. It's the folk who I, I've known online for many years that I haven't met in person to get to shake a hand, look them in the eye, you know, after communicating for decades, in essence, you know, that's just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of us that listen to the Grown Up Rock podcast and 
maybe aren't familiar with Julian Gill, I'll give a couple of pieces of information, Julian. I'll let you take it from there. So will you lie? Say nice things? I'll lie a little bit. I'll lie a little bit. I'll send you five bucks. All right, cool. All right. So Julian is the host of Kiss FAQ, which is another podcast, as well as an author and kind of a just an all around kiss guru. You're kind of a kiss freak, right, Julian? I mean, you've written like how many books on kiss? I don't know. I've lost count, but uh, like kiss, I've repackaged a few. So I'm guilty as charged. You know, it's it's a passion. It's an affliction. I love music. I love kiss. I love history. And all of those roll into what I do. So it's just one of those things. Obviously, being able to do a kiss FAQ podcast and get a ton of different folk on the show to talk about kiss is a a really exciting thing for me because my wife hates the band and if i start talking kiss she starts throwing things so this is your opportunity instead of uh, going out with the fellows you kind of get on podcast and talk about kiss uh, and your wife goes off and does something else right uh yeah i will have to take her shopping or buy her something nice but you know it's the price of doing business i think we're roughly all in the same boat my friend my wife of course does not listen to metal music in any way shape or form in fact she doesn't really i won't say she doesn't like music because i think everybody likes music but she's a casual music listener meaning if the radio's on or off she really doesn't care, you know? I mean, she'll hear a song and she'll like it, and most of the time that song is pop-oriented. She entertains uh, rock and roll music for me, and she'll attend a concert for me or with me, but it's just not her thing, so. Yeah, mine totally is not, and, you know, I play a song here and they say, hey, listen to this, and she just rolls her eyes. You know, she knows knows it's Kiss. I'm not going to convert her. I'm fortunate that we share a passion for Queen. So, you know, if I find a cool Freddie Mercury video, we're good. She doesn't have to like the hard rock or that side of things. And it's good to have that kind of separation. Exactly. No doubt about it. So tell me a little bit about what is it about Kiss that draws you in? When did this obsession start for you? The obsession for me starts in 1985 during the asylum era. I'd moved to America and didn't know anything about Kiss. Kiss is just such an American icon that I was drawn into that in an era that I didn't know that they wore makeup. And then I discovered what an icon they were. And ever since then, it's just been, there's something about the band, the music, kind of the message in it is forget your everyday troubles, have a good time, enjoy the moment. They're not selling you anything. They're, well, they are selling you anything, but uh, they're, <laughs> they're not selling, selling you selling everything. Anything. Yeah, they're selling you absolutely everything, but with the message of their music, they're selling you nothing. Right. So in that terms of the transaction, it's just forget about your troubles and just enjoy life and savor the moment. So for me, that was always kind of important in the bands that I was getting into when I was coming off, you know, being a kind of a men at work Duran Duran guy in my early teens. And Paul Stanley just kind of uh, resonated with me, his image, his attitude, the music, Bruce Kulick on guitar, of course, in 85. So, you know, the why, the how, who knows? It just caught me. What was your gateway drug into rock and roll or hard rock for that matter? What was your gateway? 
I guess it was, you know, what was popular at the time. I mean, the first seven-inch single I ever bought was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I wasn't aware of what was popular in school. So I guess that was my gateway, you know, even in what was that, 1980, 1981, years before I really got into the kind of the harder stuff. But I followed the same route as a lot of people, I guess, in the early 1980s. What was big on MTV or the radio? Def Leppard, Pyromania, 83, Wyatt Riot, Metal Health. So it, it was a natural progression from the Duran Duran into what was playing on MTV. And it was the uh, the more fun stuff that kind of stuck with me because, come on, Tears Are Falling or uh, All Night. Those are fun videos. Smoking in the Boys Room, you know, Motley Crue. Yeah. Or the stuff off Stay Hungry by Twisted Sister. That was all in the kind of wheelhouse gear towards my demographic at the time. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the late 80s did so much for rock and roll. I mean, I started out, I mean, in rock and roll, uh, just growing up in the household and, and kind of fell into the popular stuff as time went on. So I can identify with exactly what you're saying. And it's interesting to me that Kiss Asylum was your, your first kiss because it's just not uh, with as much as you know Kiss and as much as you know about Kiss, you just kind of, it never hits you that, hey, this guy came into Kiss uh, in 85. I would have never guessed that, but that's cool. That's awesome. To, <laughs> you know, To this day, that album resonates with me. It remains the same to me, the same as Motley Crue's Theater of Pain and Aerosmith's Done With Mirrors. All those albums are at the same time that I was getting into music and it's been a part of my life ever since and every one of those albums still if i play them start to end i get the same feeling as if i was 14 years old again that's awesome and that's probably why you uh you and uh hollywood uh kind of hit it off i know sonny is a, a big fan of asylum it wasn't his first but definitely it is one of his favorite kiss uh records he loves, he loves that record quite a bit so what are you looking forward to uh, most of all with this uh, upcoming expo? It's the people for me. I'm doing the Vinnie Vincent uh, VIP thing on the Friday evening, so I'll get that kind of out of the way, I guess, um, early on. And I'm working on the expo because I'm doing the dealer table, so I'm, I'm not really there for having a good time and going and looking for deals and seeing if anyone's got the Japanese best of kiss album for me to buy for five bucks. It's just not going to happen. I'm there behind a table waiting for anyone to bring in a book of mine that they bought to sign it for them. If they want, I'm there to shake a hand or apologize or something I've said online. I'm, I'm there to meet people. I'm there to offer any of a, you know, a horrendous number of books I'm bringing with me prices lower than you can get on Amazon to anyone who's interested in those. So it's work. It's people. It's saying thank you to people who listen to my podcast on behalf of the other members who participate in them. And we're going to have some of those guys who are attending the expo as well. Tim McFate, who, you know, I, I don't want to call him my co-author because he did most of the work on Odyssey and the Gene Ace, Peter and Paul books. Most of those interviews were his effort, his idea, his concept, and I packaged them up into, you know, the co-written books. He's going to be there. So it's going to be meeting people. And, and that for me nowadays that were, you know, 20 something years into the Internet era. I'm going backwards. I, I just want to meet people in person. I don't want to have keyboard warriors hiding behind their screens. I want to shake hands with a person like I did in L.A. And some people said, well, you banned me from your site. I'm not really like that in real uh, in real life. 
That's what it's about. <laughs> you banning people from your site, are you? <laughs> oh, but you, you know, from our message board, you know, we, we've had to ban people for, you know, for nearly two decades for, you know, behaving outside of what we, we want for communication between KISS fans. Right. You know, we don't want we don't want the bashing, the trolling and all that. So yeah. sometimes we've got to show people the door. It's unfortunate. But a lot of people who kind of behave like that are not like that in real person. You sit down in a bar with them and talk KISS. You're going to buy each other beers and have a great time because behind the keyboard, it's too easy for us to fall into, you know, some other kind of behavior. Yeah, they're just trying to get a little bit of attention and that's uh, – Yeah, we all, do, we, we all do it to yeah. a little bit of – you know, it's it's posturing. It's, you know, typing something on a keyboard doesn't have that glint in the eye in it. So, you know, it's all good once you meet people. I, I think it makes a big difference. No doubt. What are you going to have uh, Vinny sign? I'm still trying to decide that. I bought a set of photos. I was going to write a book on Vinny, and it's just something that I can't do because I can't get the interviews with the people who um, I would have needed for that. I'm going to print out those and take a selection, I think, and say, Vinny, which ones of these do you want to sign to give him the choice to say, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. And hopefully he'll like one of them and sign it. Right. I'm not going to have him sign any albums. I'm not interested in, you know, getting his name on anything Kiss related. I want to keep it pure Vinny. And, you know, those photos I, I got were from, I think, his last show in 1988 before the band broke up. So hopefully he'll like one. That's cool. And you get to ask a question as well. Is that part of the deal? I, you know, I don't know how that works. I, I haven't read these the fine print. It, you know, if I do get to ask, ask a question, I know what I'll ask. That's for sure. You, you want to share that? Yeah. You know, I would say how much of a million to one are you responsible for? <laughs> That's a great it, song. Hey, it's it's one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs and one of the best power ballads from the 1980s catalog. Love Paul's vocal on it. But I want to know how much of that song, and I guess I'd also throw in I Still Love You, is Vinny and how much is Paul from Vinny's perspective? Right. That's an interesting question. Yeah, very cool. I'm not doing the meet and greet with Vinny. We're going to be there and we're going to have a dealer table just like you are. Our concept and our goal at this is because we're a new podcast, we want to kind of pick up steam, right? So we want to build the following a little bit, get the name out there. We also want to stop and I'm going to be doing some live recording there. So I want to try to capture some of the visitors Growing up rock stories with Kiss or Vinnie Vincent, uh, maybe get some guests on that are there at the expo and try to do that. We're also going to do a couple giveaways and do some cool stuff like that for the fans. So we're excited to be there and be representing growing up rock and Kiss and Vinnie Vincent and just rock and roll in general. Of what a great way to do it, because look at some of the guests who hopefully will be walking around the venue that day. You can have Eddie Trunk, Ron, Ronnie Keel, Robert Fleischman, Bob Kulik. You never know. You might be able to, I'm hoping to at least say hi to one of them. Well, absolutely. We just, uh, we haven't, we haven't put it out yet, but it's a upcoming episode. We just spent um, about an hour on the phone with uh, Bob Kulik. 
uh, last week and super, super cool guy, super class guy. And we had a great conversation with Bob and uh, we like to think it's a little bit different uh, angle with Bob because, you know, a lot of times uh, folks get Bob on and they only want to talk about KISS, but Bob's done a ton of other really cool stuff. The KISS stuff is great and he's done some great stuff with that. And we talked to him a little bit about that, but uh, we also talked to him about some of the interesting stories uh, he has. I mean, he he saw Hendrix play. He has he has a run in and has an acquaintance with Jimi Hendrix that he talks about. That's amazing. That's a really really cool interview that'll come out sometime probably in January. I'm not sure whether it's coming out before the expo or not, but hopefully he he'll come by and say hello and. The classic 78 guys are going to be there, which is really cool. I'm interested to see those guys. I love their stuff. So uh, cool. They, they did a really, really good job. But, you know, talking about Bob, I mean, his connection with Michael Bolton, Meatloaf, exactly. Michael Wendroff, uh, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Lou Reed? Coney Island. Yeah, he's won a Grammy for producing. And his new album's really good. Exactly. So, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff uh, with Bob. He's very cool. He's been, you know, he's done a lot of interviews, and I know a lot of people have talked to him, and and that's awesome. I just, I've listened to a lot of the interviews, and they're they're all great. I think that uh, I'm a little bit excited to release ours because it's just a little bit different angle, I think, than uh, a lot of the interviews I've listened to in the past. So I think it'll be uh, different and interesting for folks to hear that side of uh, Bob. Well, you know who, who else is going to be there, and that's Kurt Gooch and Jeff Seuss, and I can't wait to meet those two guys because obviously they set the gold standard with Kiss Alive Forever that I've kind of developed on some of my own work. Big John Hart, yeah, wow, who's uh, got a book coming out hopefully next year, and some of the bands he's worked with along with his connections with Kiss. I, I think that could be really fascinating. But a lot of the dealers, I mean, you look through – some of the people who are set up for, you know, on our side, you know, the dealer tables, you've got Tom Shannon and Kiss My Wax, who I can't wait to meet because obviously I've seen what he's done online for, you know, several years. The three side guys are going to be there. Yep. I did meet, uh, who was it, uh, Mark and, and, excuse me, Tommy Summers in L.A., it's just going to be nonstop cool. Yeah, very much so. I'm expecting a, a great time, and it'll be really, really cool to hang out with uh, yourself and, and some of the other folks that are coming into town for this thing. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. Are you looking forward at all to, or are you going to take in Pris, the Kiss female cover band? Well, they were they were fantastic at the LA Expo last January. So awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be packing up my table by then. And I don't think uh, you know if, if Bob gets up and jams with them, that would be cool because when they uh, played in Los Angeles in January 2017, Bruce was with them, and that was my first time ever seeing some of the revenge stuff performed by Bruce live because I never, I never saw that lineup live because I was living in the wrong country at the wrong time. So if I get to see Bob do a little bit of kiss, maybe some of the songs that he co-wrote or performed on with Pris, that would be really neat. And they're a great, they're a great, they're a great tribute band. So, you know, it's all good. Even if I'm packing up my stall at that time and just listening to them in the background, they're easy on the eyes and on the ears. They know how to rock. 
Well, you know, I also read that they were Ron Keel's backing band, so they're going to be backing up Ron Keel, which it said Ron Keel was going to play Kiss songs and Keel songs. What exactly is Ron Keel's connection to Kiss? Uh, Gene Simmons produced, obviously, was it two albums or one? I always lose track. I think The Final Frontier is one, but he... There's a Gene Simmons song on one of them called Easier Said Than Done. And that's one that I asked Ron to perform live at the expo. I don't know if he will. Didn't really respond. So he's got enough Kiss connections in there with Gene producing Keel's albums yeah, in the uh, mid-1980s. You know, I don't think, I, now that you mentioned that, I did know that. But I, I've forgotten all about that. Like, literally, I mean, I like Keel, but I, I forgot completely that Gene Simmons had uh, produced those records. I think the first one's uh, The Right to Rock, which had the easier said than done and So Many Girls, So Little Time, both Simmons cast off and get down. And he produced that. And then the next uh, the next album too. It is going to be a good time. So let's have a little fun. How about I texted you the other day and I said, hey, Julian, why don't you put together for me your perfect Vinnie Vincent six pack of songs EP? And what would that sound like if you put that together? And it could be it could be Vinnie with Kiss or The Invasion or Hell for that matter. It could even be Warrior songs if you show choose uh, that route. So what would your six pack of Vinnie Vincent songs EP look like? Well, as as you said in kind of the intro there is what does it sound like? It sounds like me screaming. And I'm saying, <laughs> Steve, just six songs? Are you kidding me? Just six <laughs> songs? I mean, that's really putting me on the spot. Number one is easy. Killer from Creatures of the Night. Awesome. And that is one of my, still my, I guess my bucket list songs for Kiss to perform live in concert. I don't know if Gene could even sing that now. Um, if he tried now blowing out his vocal cords i love that song i love the lyrics i love the kind of imagery and the rhyming it's just great attitude it's a great brutal as perfect as the rest of the album number two i i dial it down a notch i was fortunate a few years ago to buy an actual vinnie vincent demo tape that had a obviously a pristine copy of tears with vinnie singing it on that has always been one of my favorite Vinnie Vincent songs. I first heard it. Actually, it was uh, Peter Chris's recording of that from Let Me Rock You was the first time I ever heard that song. And I loved it then. I then realized it was Vinnie who wrote it. And once I heard his, he's a great vocalist. That really, for me, kind of illustrates what a underrated vocalist he is. Number three, and we're, we're staying in the melodic rock vein here. I wanted something off All Systems Go because I love that album from start to finish. And trying to pick one song from that album, I went with Burn. Okay. It's, uh, again, got a great vibe. It's a, a really good illustration of Vinny as a rhythm player, more so than kind of the lead work that muddies the water on the Invasion album uh, from a couple years earlier. Number four. And this is tough because you didn't really specify... You know, the parameters of this question, I, I'm going to go with I Still Love You, but it's the MTV Unplugged performance, <laughs> which, you know, ob obviously Vinny's a co-writer of the song, but that performance by Paul Stanley blows so many things out of the water for me. We'll get a judge's ruling on it. We'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> 
yeah, you, you know, I hedged my bets and said, if Vinny has to play on it, I'll go with a million to one because, you know, same thing. Fantastic song, fantastic vocal. And of course, Vinny plays on that. So I just cheated. I put two in one sentence. Number five, my favorite song off the first Invasion album is Invasion. All right. It's, again, just got a driving kind of vibe on it that, again, all the other stuff I find, that, that first time I find a little bit over the top for my personal taste. It's a, a little bit overdriven, but this one starts taking him in a more melodic kind of direction, and maybe Robert helped out with that. Number six, unreleased song, Rocks on Fire. And it's a demo that you can uh, listen to on YouTube. And I just pray for the day that Vinny is able to release Guitars from Hell or Guitar Mageddon, whatever he wants to call it these days. The unreleased Enigma album is just absolutely insane. The quality of the material, the quality of his playing. It's it's a perfect marriage of, say, the, the first album and the over-the-top guitar with the second album, the incredible rhythm playing and vocal performance by robert so rocks on fire check it out if you haven't heard it that closes out your ep that's a good one man you can't really go wrong and and that's kind of why i kept it at six songs i know it was going to be tough but i also knew that any six songs with all that material to choose from was going to be basically a killer ep Uh, And because I didn't want you to feel alone in having to be forced to only pick six songs from all that material, I decided I would join you. Uh, All right. So what did you pick? And that's what I want to hear then. So you and I only had one tune that was the same, and you'll be interested to hear which one it is. But mine closes out the album. So I'll wait till I get to that. Oh, you're going to keep me waiting. I'm nice. going to keep you waiting. I know how to I know how to string you along. So, my EP kicks off with Exciter. It was the first song that, you know, I officially heard with Vinny, um even though I'd heard Creatures of the Night at this point, I don't think I was necessarily familiar with Vinny at this point. So, I heard Exciter and was psyched. Once I heard that song off, lick it up, man. I loved it. It's an incredible, incredible opening track. I just have one question about that. Why on earth did they replace Vinnie Solo with Derringers? I, I don't get it. Listening to the demos, they're basically the same. Vinny's cut is perfectly fluid and fine. I don't get it. That would be a great question to ask him as well, maybe for a little bit more information about that solo. I think the answer to that question is going to be more producer-related than anything. I don't know. I don't understand that either, and that's been a debate for a while because I, I've heard that they're both very similar. I haven't necessarily heard the two solos side-by-side, side, but, you know. Who knows? Whenever we talk about Kiss albums with the best opening tracks, though, Exciter always rates up there, you know, near the very highest of that list. Yeah, I don't know if I love it more than I love Creatures of the Night. Like, I really, really like Creatures of the Night a lot, but Exciter is awesome for sure. And so that needs to open up my EP. And then I'm going to go from Exciter straight into Shoot You Full of Love. Ooh. I just love the the groove on that. And it kind of Shoot You Full of Love was a, a warrior song. And I can't remember now what the name of the warrior song is, but I know I listened to some of the warrior demos and there's definitely uh, the intro to Shoot You Full of, of Love is uh, one of those songs. Is that one I Need Love, I think? 
by Warrior? I think so. It may certainly, be. It's, it's certainly not. It's not pretty. But which version? Are you talking about the uh, Robert Fleischman or the Mark Slaughter re-recorded version, which circulates? No, I'm talking about the Fleischman one. That's the one I, I would use is the Fleischman one. I don't. I don't even know if I know the difference in the one with uh, Fleischman and Slaughter. I I had the Invasion record when it came out, so that would be the Fleischman version. Good pick. Uh, on that but then i'm gonna go from that into young and wasted wow and i could literally i'm a rock and roller i like it i like it hard and heavy and fast and yep that's what she said but anyway (laughs) i could i could go with just about anything off of lick it up because i listened that record not too long ago and just i love that record it's it's better than i even remembered it at one point in time so Young and Wasted will be track number three. Uh, And then I'm going to go from that straight into another song off Lick It Up and All Hell's Breaking Loose. Because again, I love it. I just, I like the uh, change in in timing of that. And it just seems to flow really well. Are you sure it's not the video that's biasing you? No, I don't care about those videos. I didn't think too much of those videos. I mean, I know it had the scantily clad women, but so did all the videos. You like those songs at all? You a fan of those two songs? I, I love All Hell's Breaking Loose. Yeah. It, it's, I, again, I'm, I like the songs that Eric Carr got to kind of contribute to because it, it's very easy to forget that he was so much more than just a drummer, than a big pile of hair. And that was one of his songs that really, you know, took a bit of work by all of Kiss to make something kind of unique. It was very different than the rest of the catalog at that point. So I remember when I first heard Lick It Up, you know, obviously Exciter blew me away. And the other song that really hit me other than A Million to One was All Hell's Breaking Loose. So it's it's always on my list when I talk about great Kiss songs. I'm going to go out of that and go into Ashes to Ashes uh, from All Systems Go. Love this song. First song with Slaughter. On vocals, right? Yeah, that's the, f- the first song, isn't it, on yeah. the album? Yep. And then I am going to finish it off with the one uh, and only track that you and I both ended up picking, which is Killer off of Creatures of the Night. Well, like me, you're finishing strong because you start off with uh, Exciter and finish with Killer. Uh, you know, that w- what a way to start and finish a EP. Not a whole lot of time to breathe in there, is there? There's not, but you you know again, if anyone gets to ask Vinny questions, whether it's you know in person when you're doing the VIP, you know ask him about the, his contributions and how much of these songs you know he he was responsible for before Paul or Gene together or collectively change them. You know that's something that we miss in so many of the books that have been published that we don't have Vinny's voice about what he really did for the band, how he did it. And he doesn't really get the credit because he's somewhat been erased from history. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we close this thing out, Julian, once again, I appreciate you spending a little bit of your time on Friday night to do this with us. What do you want to tell folks uh, that are coming to this uh, kiss expo before we get out of here? 
you know, come on over and say hi. If you've ever bought one of my books, you want it signed, bring it on. I don't charge for signatures because that's embarrassingly inane. I, you bought one of my books, I will happily scroll my third grade signature on it for you and say thank you for purchasing it. One of the cool things we are going to do at our table, though, is if you've ever owned Odyssey in the back cover, you see how there's a nice backdrop. We've actually had a eight-foot-tall copy of the back cover of Odyssey without the text made for you to pose for photos in front of. So, you know, do come by the KISS FAQ table. Hopefully we'll be next to or near the KISS My Wax guys and Podcast Rock City. And you never know, maybe even Grown Up Rock will be nearby. And say hi, because it'd be great to meet you in person. And that's what it's about for me. I want to say hi to you. If you want to tell me what you think of me, I'm cool with that too. But it'd be good to do it in person. Hopefully, Grown Up Rock will be nearby. We plan on visiting even if we're not nearby. And hopefully, you guys will come by the Grown Up Rock booth and give us your Grown Up Rock story. Tell us uh, what your favorite Vinny songs are, et cetera, et cetera. And talk to us. I'm sure we'll have some free giveaways. You can register. I know we've got a couple of cool giveaways that we're going to be doing a drawing for at the end of the night. Very Vinny-related special gifts which will be very cool so before we get out of here julian why don't you pick a kiss or an invasion song with Vinny to play us out what do you think i'm gonna say rocks on fire no better way to close out anything 91 enigma unreleased album there you go rocks on fire see ya
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.